SOAS Radio. Everybody and welcome to SU Voicebox episode eight. So I am sat here with a very full table filled with lovely people, and yeah, they're gonna just introduce themselves so you know who is here. So we have Dimitri. And Mehdi, who's next? Who's coming? And Lima. Cool. Yes, we got all four <laughs> co-presidents in here today. So you're very lucky. We got lots of really important. <laughs> so yeah, we got all of us here today talking about lots of really important things. Lots of things going on with our students' union as usual, but now even more than normal. So we're just going to start off with some very fun, nice light updates so we've got our fourth UGM of the year on the 20th of February so perhaps somebody could just like jump in and talk a tiny little bit about what UGMs are for those who are listening who have never heard of that acronym yeah so UGMs are union general meetings there have been three of them already this year the fourth one has three motions coming to it one of them about the UCU strikes, one of them about wayfinding, and the other about reaffirming the students' union commitment to preventing prevent. Generally, UGMs are a space in which we decide union policy, so whether that's a political standpoint or a statement of solidarity or a plan for, for the next couple of months to address an issue that's come up within SOAS or kind of outside of it. And they're a really important part of the democratic processes within the union, so it's about democratic decision-making. So we really encourage as many people to come along as possible to get involved. Um, they're not just about passing motions. We also have officer reports there, so we'll always be talking about the things that we've been up to um, over the past month or so, as well as all the part-time officers will give updates on what they've been up to as well. We also can have discussions about other things that have happened or are happening currently in the union or beyond. So it's a great kind of space to and a great place to get involved in. The deadline for submitting motions is for working days before the UGM. However, if you have something that's very pressing and a kind of very urgent issue that you'd like to be discussed there, you can submit an emergency motion. So there's more info about this on the SU website. So that's soasunion.org slash democracy. <laughs> Close. Soasunion.org slash democracy slash something so if you go into SOAS Union website click around you'll find it uh, and there's info there about how to submit emergency motions amongst other things cool so in addition to that we've also got a couple of other eventy type things coming up one of them is Go Green Week which is the week after reading week and that's basically a week to promote environmental issues or kind of promote different campaigns that are being done to kind of counter environmental issues. Lots of different events that have been organized by the very active SOAS environmental movement, including a secondhand bike sale, which is happening on the Wednesday, including a vegan cooking class, which is happening at the Calthorpe Project, um, including a really interesting talk on fracking by Reclaim the Power. And there will also be the SOAS Food Co-op, which will be having a kind of foodie type thing outside on the SOAS green under the big, beautiful SOAS tree. Um, so yeah, loads of exciting things coming up in terms of that. I think we've also got a Community Mental Health Day coming up. So that's on the 1st of March, which is University Mental Health Day. This year, it's the theme is community. 
Shout out to Mental Health Society who've started preparing some stuff for that. And also the Mental Health Advisor in Student Advice and Wellbeing. Um, so there'll be more information out soon on, on that. But yeah, the Community Mental Health Day is going to be on the 1st of March. Cool, so something to look out for. So we also have some other things coming up. So always look on the SOAS Students' Union website because that's where lots of the events are. Also on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. So just good to keep an eye out as well as on the posters that adorn the walls. So the other big thing that we really wanted to talk about today is the upcoming UCU strike. So I'm sure you've kind of read lots of stuff about this, but we just thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of explain a little bit about kind of what's going on as well as what the Students' Union is actually doing in response to the strike. So perhaps we could have someone to explain a little bit about the UCU strike, how it came about, and what it is that the Students' Union is doing kind of in solidarity in response during this time? Uh, so the UCU represents primarily teaching uh, staff, academic staff or academic related staff uh, in many universities and further education colleges across the country. Universities across the country are part of what is called the USS pension scheme. So this is all pre-1992 universities are part of the USS pension scheme for, therefore, a lot of the staff that are represented by UCU actually are, are part uh, of this USS pension scheme. The pension scheme is a scheme that's shared across universities, and it also forms one of the last pieces of job security and one of the last pieces of sort of joint university management and joint university risk-bearing, joint university uh, responsibility and sort of um, support that exists in the country since marketization has resulted in a lot of different and very rapid changes in the higher education sector uh, in, in the UK. The USS pension scheme is managed by Universities UK, which is in essentially an employers forum where all the vice chancellors, provosts, directors of universities meet and decide on national policy on things such as the pension scheme. And that lately they, under pressure from the pensions regulator, which is run by government, they have been uh, pushing for changes that would see the pensions essentially slashed entirely. So the pension scheme right now works in a, in a system where you put in money and then when you re reach retirement age, you're guaranteed a certain, essentially a certain sum per year. What the pensions are putting forwards uh, is to get rid of that entire system and put the, all the risk on individuals themselves and turn it into an investment fund for individuals. So you'll be um, investing, uh, you'll be contributing to, the, to a pension investment fund with no guarantee in terms of what you'll be getting uh, when you reach retirement age. This is a massive threat to pensions for everyone, but especially for uh, career-starting academics, uh, people who haven't been working in the higher education sector a long time, or people who are considering uh, higher education. It's a threat for people who work in higher education but aren't on the USS pension scheme because any changes that would happen to this pension scheme would undoubtedly be rolled out to uh, other pension schemes, such as the sole pension scheme, which is one that uh, many admin support staff at SOAS are on. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, not only would it have a, a hugely detrimental impact on uh, individuals and uh, increasing the job insecurity that already exists across the sector, but it will also have a huge detrimental impact on institutions themselves because 
the new defined contribution system would mean that institutions are no longer sharing the risk and sharing the sustainability of the scheme across institutions, but uh, all the risk is being put on individual staff and individual employers. Therefore, for a small institution like SOAS, there is a huge financial threat in these proposals in that uh, if the defined contribution scheme were to go ahead, uh, SOAS would be put in an even more dire financial situation where, where it would lead to, it most likely leads to not only insecure uh, jobs, insecure pensions for staff, but probably to further pushes to uh, the number of staff that we have at SOAS, um, especially teaching staff. And that for us in terms of the quality of education that we receive and that we fight for for students uh, is wholly unacceptable because staff who are uh, on insecure contracts essentially have very little surety over what the future holds for them will invariably be less able, less ready to, to provide the high quality education that both they and us want to see in universities. So it is a threat to staff, it's a threat to the institution, to SOAS, but it's also and very much a threat to yet another threat, not even threat actually, damage to the quality of education that we are hoping to, to have when we come to SOAS or any other university. So it is these strikes are coming because the employers are refusing to negotiate on these proposed changes to the pension scheme and their refusal to negotiate has resulted in the UCU union voting for strikes across 61 universities and maybe more. And they will be starting on the 22nd of February. And the point of these strikes is very much to send uh, a message to the employers that people, uh, both staff, but also students who come out in solidarity, will not accept further attacks on the quality of education and the quality of the working conditions uh, in the university sector. These strikes are a fight back, but they're also a fight for a, a more stable, more secure working environment and learning environment across the U UK university sector. Yeah, I think that's a really key point to make about the reason why they're happening is not, I, I think basically the way that it's been understood by students because of the kind of rushed nature of it is that it's kind of been seen by students as being, I don't know, something directed at them or something. I, I just think that it's like been understood in a, a complicated way. But the reality is that the strikes are happening because the situation in which teachers and staff are working is is unacceptable. And so that that needs to be fought back against. I feel like I'm not explaining this clearly, but the point is that, yeah, I just think that the anger the students are feeling should be directed at the people who are like creating these changes. So that's Universities UK and not at the teachers themselves, who are the people who are receiving this like horrific news about their entire retirement periods. Um, and that's been quite a difficult message to communicate because obviously for students, they obviously we understand that students are like paying a lot of money for these degrees and it's very obviously it's terrible news to pay that money and then to kind of come and have that be affected but again I think it's really important to stress this like wider picture view of the whole situation mm -hmm. and actually this is this is like really where where it's all happening and this is a really really important stance to make and message to send and battle to fight and it's actually a really good opportunity for us all to actually show solidarity with the teachers and show that these changes can't just be made like the idea that, you know, particularly for people who have been work, probably paying into their pensions for years and years and years, perhaps, you know, on the brink of retirement or something, for that to be changed, I mean, for it to be changed for anyone is horrible, but for it to, but for it to be changed like at this point, 
I just think that's a weird thing to be able to do retroactively. Um, so the changes won't be made retroactively. Okay. Cool. Um, so that's the point uh, okay. on in terms of who's going to be most affected mm-hmm. by these pension uh, changes sort of materially uh, is uh, early starting academics uh, uh, who um, or, or, or researchers who are hoping to become uh, paid uh, members of staff because the changes will be starting, if they do go through, they'll be starting from the 1st of April 2019. What people have contributed up until 1st of April 2019 will be kept in the defined benefit system. Mm-hmm. So so essentially, old white academics who've uh, contributed for the past 30, 40, mm-hmm. 50 years, they'll have their pensions safe. Mm-hmm. The fight is really for, the in terms of uh, the, the material struggle here, is really by and for uh, young starting academics mm. who are already being attacked in terms of casualized contracts mm. um, and uh, and uh, racial and gender pay gaps. Mm. Okay. I think it's a really important point to make around kind of the future of higher education and the fact that st- some students are feeling as though they are the ones who are kind of losing out in this scenario because while you feel like you're losing education that you paid for really you shouldn't have to pay for your education at all. And I think we're taking this opportunity to organize lots of different initiatives and campaign for a few, for a higher education system that we actually want and agree with an education system in, gem- in general that represents and reflects the ideas that we have at SOAS around decolonizing, um, around anti-marketization. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of forums that we've had already in an organizing group that's kind of been established out of out of this and we encourage you if you want to get involved in action in student-led action around this to to get in touch with us and to kind of get involved in the activities that are going to be happening on strike days like teach-ins demonstrations um other kind of film screenings um parties music events there's going to be a whole host of things happening during that time so please do keep an eye out and get in, get as much involved as you can in addition, we're also um, there are kind of a few things that are going to be happening within the students' union over the strike period, and I think I just want to kind of mention that now. So we, as the trustees, so that's not just the four of us, but that the trustees of the students' union is made up of all of the executive officers within the students' union. But the trustees take kind of larger decisions and fi- and large financial decisions as well. On Tuesday, the thirteenth of February, we had a meeting where we had two proposals fo- put forward about what the student union should do during the strike days particularly around opening and we voted on the proposal or we voted in favor of the proposal um, to close the students union for the first five days of the strike period which is the Thursday Friday and then Monday Tuesday Wednesday can't remember the dates exactly but those first five days um, to close entirely so the shop and the bar will be closed on those days as will the office spaces but shop and bar staff will be paid as if they were working on those days and all full-time members of staff, so all of the people who work in G7 and G6, as well as ourselves, will be working on those days, but just probably not from the offices. Um, the four of us will probably be outside and doing um, and running kind of welfare stuff and we'll be available, we'll be around, we'll be answering emails, we just won't be inside the building. And then after those five days, we're organizing an open forum, which we're going to invite all students to, to help us sort of reflect upon that first period and take and then kind of based on that, inform the decision that we'll take for the next nine days of the strike. 
And then the day after that, we'll have another trustees meeting to kind of ratify that decision. And yeah, we we decided on this sort of because we feel as though the best way of showing solidarity with the strike at this point is to make sure that we are not kind of going into the building, that we are that we are respecting the our lecturer's decision and academics decision and all UCU members decision to go on strike. Um, over this issue and to strengthen the picket line which will be happening by kind of not entering the building and and effectively showing that, that a university cannot run without its, its academics and without a lot of the staff who are UCU members. Yeah, I strongly encourage people to come along to either the opening or both, uh, the opening the open meeting that's happening on March 1st, which will be kind of following the five first days of the strike and when the SU is also closed. And to also come along, there's a community rally happening on Wednesday, the 21st of February. So these are really great opportunities to come along and learn more about it. No matter what your position is on the strike at the moment, I really strongly encourage you to come and find out more because the more information you have, the better understanding you can have about what's going on. Because it is a complex issue and possibly not one that you expected to encounter when uh, signing up to come to SOAS, but it's also like a really just important moment in terms of higher education sector as a whole. So yeah, that's coming up. So I'm sure you'll hear more about just the strike in general as days go by. The other really big thing that's happening in this kind of students' union world at the moment is the students' union elections. So uh, we've actually already had one election period this academic year, but that was a much smaller one happening in autumn. Um, and that was to elect some of the positions that hadn't been filled. Hopefully that's not going to happen this time and all positions are going to be filled. But basically the elections are, are usually yearly, uh, happening around kind of February, March every year. And that's to elect the democratically elected officers of the union. So that's both part-time officers who are kind of current students who fill the officer positions alongside their studies. And those are volunteer positions. And then the other officer positions are the full-time sabbatical officer positions. So that's what our four lovely co-presidents here are. Uh, So they are full-time paid jobs, which is a good thing all of the positions should be. But the four sabbatical officers are kind of four full-time paid jobs that people don't do while studying. So either at the end of your studies or if you're a current student and you still have years of study left, you can actually take a year out to be a sabbatical officer and do that role and then kind of return to your studies after that. So in terms of elections, so the the election dates have actually been changed as a result of the strike because we didn't want to have both things kind of coinciding in a way that would require people to have to cross the picket line. So the the election dates have been reshuffled, keeping strike dates in mind. So they've actually been brought forwards. Um, So really, really important to kind of take note of that if you haven't done so already. So some just key dates, I'm just going to rattle them off. Um, Number one is the nominations. Nominations are closing on Monday, the 19th of February at 5 p.m. So if you want to run, you need to kind of submit your A4 manifesto online by then because past that time you won't be able to run and then if you want to run and you haven't done that you'll be sad (laughs) Um, so nominations close then and then right after that 515 we have a candidates meeting during which we'll kind of talk about all the rules about how the campaign's going to run and things to expect and then from then on campaigning starts so people who are running will actually be able to start putting up posters talking to people launching their online campaigns etc then following that we have hustings which is a really exciting time where all candidates will be in one place and the audience can kind of direct questions at them and then they all will answer so you can kind of hear what their views are on various policies and how they would plan to conduct themselves while in office. 
Uh, and Hustings will be happening on a Saturday. On Saturday, the I think it's the 24th of Feb from 4 p.m. onwards in the atrium. So come along to that. We're also going to be having some other events and stuff on that day or activities. That's a non-strike day because it's a Saturday, but we encourage you to come along and kind of use the university buildings because it's a non-strike day. So that'll be really fun. Hustings is a really exciting time to kind of see all the different people who are running. Uh, and it's a great opportunity to kind of get a taste for what, what it is that they stand for. So hustings will be happening then. Then voting will open on the 1st of March. So that's the same day as the open meeting. Um, but it's okay because you can vote online. So there are going to be three days of voting. Uh, and we really encourage everyone to vote because obviously it's just good to kind of have your say in terms of the future of the union. So voting will open from 10 a.m. on the 1st of March until 5 p.m. on the 3rd of March. Then we'll run the count and results will be announced at 6.30 p.m. on the 3rd of March in the JCR. So that'll be really, really exciting. I encourage you to run if you're thinking about running or to think about running if you're not thinking about it. Because it's, yeah, it's a really, really exciting time. It's a great opportunity to kind of also to kind of meet lots of people while you're campaigning and to just find out more about different kind of ongoing issues that are happening at SOAS because there's probably stuff that you are personally interested in um, but it's a great way to just like find out more about all the other things that are going on and a really good learning opportunity so seeing as we have all four co-presidents in the studio just thought we'd throw out a question to all of you just about kind of yeah about the whole elections process you can interpret this question however you want so you can basically just say whatever it is that you want to say about um, elections because there's so much that could be said but the kind of like general guiding question is what would your advice be to somebody who's thinking about running or what do you wish you'd known before you ran or what would you kind of tell yourself if you were to do it all again like Hannah said I'd like highly encourage anyone to run and I'm kind of saying that right now based on the fact that I ran in my first year so I ran for black officer I don't win, but it was definitely a wonderful experience in that you do, you meet so many people. It really does shape the, your rest of the year in terms of like who you get to know, how you like navigate the school and like the union. And yeah, I really, I, I'm so glad that I did it even though I didn't win. So I guess I tell people as well to not go in thinking about winning. I know that's really counterproductive and it probably doesn't <laughs> sound like the most sound advice, but yeah, just kind of do it for the experience. The second time if I had like, I mean, when I ran in my final, not my final year, cause I'm still kind of doing it. But um, when I ran for SAB, the kind of advice that I'd give to myself now was just to look after myself and like, prioritize my well-being and the best and most effective way to do that is like manage your time really well because there's just so much that you're going to have to do that you can't really do all by yourself so also have a really good team around you but more than anything like make sure that you're sleeping and that you're eating and that you're resting and like that you're not thinking to yourself you, con you constantly have to be out there and be speaking and campaigning to throughout the whole time. Cool. That's my advice. Cool. Definitely the taking care of yourself part. And I think that kind of travels on from elections to if you get into one of these roles to make sure that you're always sort of taking care of yourself and that kind of thing. And just in life in general, I think it's really good advice. But in terms of the advice or what I say to myself now, if I could, I would say that it's all just a massive learning experience, which I know is like 
quite corny, but it, it really is like you shouldn't expect to know everything. And going into it, you're going to find out a lot about how the school runs, about how it is to work with other people, about campaigning, about so many different things. And I think it's it's wonderful in that sense as well, in terms of what you're able to learn through through this process. And it really whether whether that's just getting through elections or whether that's you know if you get into a position and are able to do that for a year I think you'll you you benefit a lot from it from in that sense too and you can you can affect a lot of change and meet a lot of good people so yeah um yeah not really much more to add I think the guys have made um spoken on on everyone's behalf on the points they've raised I just really love it if there is someone out there who's listening and hasn't really been too involved in the union to kind of feel encouraged to do it definitely just go for it um it's a good learning experience for yourself um and also as Halima was saying if even if you don't win you won't regret it for the rest of your life because it's going to teach you a lot about yourself and how you manage yourself and and how you look after yourself um because it does all fall on your shoulders so definitely just consider going for it and remember we're always here to help everyone who's running um um on what you need and advice so feel free to come and speak to us and we'll be happy to kind of guide you along the process yeah i think really important points have like all of the points that have been made are really important and i think i would um maybe just adds the importance of recognizing well, well, this is, um, I guess, a message for candidates or for people who are thinking of, of running, is that everyone who's running is doing a really important role in that. And so both people who are the candidates themselves or people who are on each other's candidates or sort of election teams, because the fact that everyone is candidates and election teams are going out there uh, speaking to students, talking about manifestos, encouraging people to go online and vote, they're really building that sort of democracy in the union in that process and the more people participate the bigger mandate people will get but also the healthier the the whole process actually is when people go online to vote they're going to see everyone's manifestos right so even if it's one person's campaign team who's convinced someone to go on online and then vote that person who's voting at that point will still have an opportunity to see everyone's manifestos and make a decision at that point with everyone's manifestos in there it's not the case that people will simply vote for the person that told them to vote. And and so in that sense, for, for candidates amongst each other to really recognise the important work that you're you're all doing together and and yeah, and good luck with it. Because it's it'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah, so strongly encourage you to run for part time officer, full time officer, um, just like have a read over it. Um, even if I think also one of the things is that it can seem intimidating because people who are already in the positions seem like they kind of like know what it's all about and are super, I don't know, super like well informed or just like super on it. But it is so, so much of it is a process. And also, everybody who does these roles is completely different and brings their own style and flavor to it uh, and does it in their own way so I think actually the point of it is not to like have a team every year that's like the exact same as the year before Mm -hmm. so yeah so I encourage you to kind of just like expand your mind and kind of imagine how you could be in that role I'd also say yeah I just I also really think it's better to do it than regret it so I actually ran for co-president welfare and campaigns and I was a final year student and I didn't make it but I Actually, I'm so happy that I did that. And I think that I think if I hadn't have done it, then I would really regret that. And I now have no regrets. 
uh, and it was still in itself like a really good learning process and terrifying uh, but also lots of fun so strongly encourage you to run if you're thinking about it and if you're not thinking about it strongly encourage you to think about it so i think that brings us to a close of episode seven of su episode eight (laughs) (laughs) they're just going by so fast (laughs) Um, su voice box (laughs) um if you're still (laughs) um yeah if you're still with us thank you so much for staying here until the end yeah so that is a bye from us bye Bye. (laughs) and hope you have a great day